Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Like every second you turn on the news, it's me. Promoting fear. Check this headline. Line, 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 line. What would it look like? What, what would it look like if we looked at God's letters, God's love, read it through a different filter, a different perspective, perspective, perspective? He's not writing to humanity to scare humanity. He's writing to humanity to free humanity. He has a love letter. He has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of a powerful sound. Hello, welcome to City Life. All races, all faces, all ages, you belong here. Thank you for tuning in and spending some time. Tomorrow is Memorial Day where we honor those that gave their lives. We remember the service and the sacrifice so that they're not forgotten, that they paid for our freedom here in this country. I've stood in front of those Walls that have names listed of people that have died in a war and sobering, humbling. The series we're in is The Last Days, A Love Letter to Humanity. And today's title, The Last Days, Soldier. The Last Days, Soldier. One of the soldiers in the Bible who's serving country but serving God is Cornelius. Let's go to his story right now in Acts chapter 10. Picking it up, verse 1, there was a man named, or a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. He was a devout man and feared God along with his whole household. He did many charitable deeds for the Jewish people and always prayed to God. About three in the afternoon, he distinctly saw in a vision an angel of God who came in and said to him, Cornelius. That's quite the prayer moment. Staring at him in awe, he said, what is it, Lord? The angel told him, your prayers and your acts of charity have ascended as a memorial offering before God. What a soldier. One who serves country, but serves God. And I love that he was a man of prayer and his whole household served him. Now, Cornelius was a soldier by profession, but did you know all of those who follow Jesus are soldiers as well? And today we want to talk about what does a last day soldier look like? There's a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 that's helped shape my life and all the interns that have ever followed or been a part of the organizations that we've led, we've read them this passage and commissioned them as they've kicked off their internship. So let's read this together just like we've done with them many times. Verse three, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. 
Paul's telling Timothy there, hey, you're a soldier, a good soldier, one who will suffer, but don't get caught up in the doctrines, the ways of this world, the civilian pursuits. Don't get entangled in that nonsense. Aim to please the one who sacrificed for our eternal freedom. Jesus, let his spirit live and rule and reign in you. And the next chapter reminds us what a soldier's what's what's a soldier's terrain look like. Chapter three. But know this: hard times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid these people. The last day's soldier. I have a box. This box represents, can envision like an 80-year-old soldier, and they have their box of memoirs. And it tells a story with the artifacts that are inside. In a last day soldier, I have five things inside this box of memoirs to remind us of how we fight. And the first thing is this. To be a last day soldier... There's dog tags in here. And all these dog tags, we give the interns with their name on it. And we put that verse, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, that they're a good soldier. And we remind them. But the reason it has their name on it, because we're not just a number to God. We have a name. So the tags tell us this. We aren't just a number. We are called by our name. Isaiah 43 says, But now God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the God who got you started, Israel, do not be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. I've called your name. You're not my, You're mine. In prison, people feel like just a number. I'm sure soldiers that have fought have felt like just a number too. But a last day soldier with Jesus remembers that we're called by name. And it continues, when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God the holy of Israel, your savior. I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just for you. Wow. Wow. So we say there is no soldier left behind. 
Because if God calls him by name, then we should call him by name too. I mean, I would rather go slow than fast. I mean, if we all can't come, don't ask. I would rather read a book to a rook in a class, dream big. That's that fruit that will last. Every single person has a name. No one is a number. If you've ever felt like just a number, no one is just a number. And we live that way by looking at the next generations to come and we see the one, we see the kids and we say yes to them. We say yes to the, the fruit that is hidden. And, 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 and it's just so beautiful because remember that I have a name and everyone has a name and God calls us by name. The second thing in here is the American flag. And this flag represents the love of Jesus knows no border. The love of Jesus knows no borders. Philippians 3 verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await from, for a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, he will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Our citizenship is in heaven. Now we have dual citizenship. You might be an American, but you're a citizen of heaven. In that language, the audience would understand that the Roman regime was colonizing different places with their way of life. And as a citizen of heaven, we are colonizing, we're populating with our way of life, a way of life that is of love, that transcends borders. It's okay to be patriotic. It, it is. But we can't let the pride of a flag or a country get in the way of God's pride and his love for all people. I mean, ones that don't look like us, ones that don't always talk like us, ones don't think or act or don't vote. God wants to get past those borders and get close. I think so many of us, we're all guilty of this, especially in America. The, the bait is that we could be most tempted to take that bait that we're above. We're, we're the most civilized. We're Americans. And, and it's just not true. God sees people made in his image. So can we put our nationality second? Can we put our preferences second? And can we put people in God first? And we got to say then, is this a city issue? Is it a state issue? Is it a national issue? Is it a continental issue? Or is the love of God a global issue? I believe as a last day soldier, our battle isn't national, it's global. So we're going to have to transcend blind. And Jesus teaches this, that whether you're left, right, rich, poor, skin color, white, black, brown, you name it, you vote it, you're conservative, Democrat, liberal, who, what in the world? It's exhausting. It is so exhausting. Well, we have a leader that calls us higher. In Luke 6, he tells us, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. The last day soldier loves their enemies and does good to people even when they hate us. Our target is even enemy love. We're gonna love our enemies. We are going to love our enemies. I was held at gunpoint and robbed one time. 
And a couple years later, I saw the person. My life had been transformed since this point. I'd been forgiven. Jesus had, you know, maybe brand new. And I had fear when I saw them, but I decided to walk up. And I said, hey, Jesus changed my life. He forgave me. I forgive you. It's a longer story for a different moment, but in that moment, we, we prayed together. We cried together because we both needed forgiveness because there wasn't a border in that moment. God's love wanted to push past. Let's help each other get out. The third thing in this box is a, a band-aid. We suffer and we will be persecuted, but it's not a badge we go out of our way to get. It will find us. We will get hurt. Second Timothy 3 goes on, it continues, it says, after the last days, but verse 10, but you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. So as we're facing persecution and suffering, it really is an opportunity for God to do his best work, to rescue us. That temptation will be there to rescue ourselves. Verse 12, in fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Suffering, persecution is par for the course. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. As for you, last day soldier, as for you, continue on what you have learned and believed. Doesn't matter what a soldier on the left or the right is doing. What is, it is us and God right now. What is he calling me and you to? What's stopping us from loving radically? There's a term in war that's been coined as the fog of war, that in the battle, we can't make as good as decisions and sometimes there can even be friendly fire where we're shooting on our own people. Can't see clearly, can't think clearly. And I think that's like what life is like. It's here to beat us up, fog us down. The bills, the relationships, the tensions. And then in the fog of war, we're like, I don't even know why I'm fighting anymore. I pray Galatians 6 will remind us both in verse 9. Let us not get tired of doing good. Last day soldier. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Saw a clip on IG. The dude was like, get out of my head. Get out of my head. He was like, I don't know who this is for, but right now I got to get out of my head and you need to get out of your head. Let's go. And I was like, you're right. At the fog of war, I'm in my own head. Oh, I got to get out of it. I got to get the mind of Christ. Yeah. Come on, fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy 6, 12, fight that good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you made a good confession. In the presence of many witnesses, you signed up for the Lord's army. Many people saw it and you're going to fight this good fight of faith. Why? Because you have an eternal hope. You have an eternal victory. 
Some, we've been in so much war, so much trauma. I think the Lord wants to heal us today of some PTSD. And there's a clip from a short documentary on the life of John Perkins. Called, the, the, if you want to look it up, it's called Redemption. And I'm showing just a brief clip on it, but his life is so inspiring. And what a last day soldier looks like. Check this clip out. There was a lot that was going on during that time. Uh, we lived in a constant state of, of fear. There were men who um, guarded our house every night because of Ku Klux Klan. They were locking black boys up in jail and beating them, and they had locked one up in jail because he had uh, called and asked a white girl for uh, a date. This is now in 1970. Boy, I saw the ugliness of hatred. I said, boy, if I had an atomic hand grenade, I would release it and kill me and all the people in there. I discovered that I hated them back, and I hated them as bad as they hated me. Then I saw I was a bigot too. And I said, Lord, if I get out of this jail alive, I want to preach a gospel that is strong enough destroy some of this madness, this hatred. After my dad got beat up, they had put him in the hospital in Mount Bayou, which is which was a black hospital in the Delta. And so every time we would get in the car, she would be frowning. I got in the car one day and I said, Mama, are you mad? And she looked at me and said, no, baby, I'm just thinking. She had eight kids. If her husband died, she had eight kids to care for. I really believe that in that moment that my personality was, de was developed. Um, I felt like I needed to bear her pain. I didn't want no white folks around me, but they was all around me. One of my doctors was white. He would come and sit with me every night at the hospital until I go to sleep, every night. In that broken moment, that, that I was outloved by those people I needed to hate. If you don't forgive, you sort of have the pains of others as well as your own pain. I've come to the place now that I see humanity as broken equally. We need to try to turn uh, this into a language of love. We need to turn it into beauty. His life is so inspiring. 
The fourth thing inside this box is a trophy. A good soldier remembers the war has already been won, and we remember why and who we are fighting for. We aim to please the one who enlisted us. Who enlisted us? Verse 8, 2 Timothy 2, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Jesus yelled out, It is finished on the cross. He won. He won. The passage continues. It says, This saying is trustworthy. If we've died with him, Jesus, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with Jesus. If we deny Jesus, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, get this is the greatest one. He remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Jesus won on the cross, but he will fight with us and for us, and we will rule and reign with his victory, and it's by his faithful power, not ours. So we get entangled in these civilian pursuits. The, the safety, the comfort, the, the, the protect our life, the love of money, the, the sex, the addiction, the drug, the, all of the, the, the civilian pursuits. But as we aim to please higher, we then look higher and we say, God, I'm looking to you. And the last thing in this box is a toy gun. Our strength is not in our power or weapons, but in Jesus. Zechariah 4, 6. Then he said to me, it's a passage describing the armies of God versus the armies of man. And how does the armies of God move? This is the word of the Lord Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Yeah, weapons. God's spirit. Better. Stronger. Ephesians 6 tells us, the armor of God, the type of battle. Verse 10, finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil and spiritual forces in the heavens. So it's not just an earthly battle. There is a cosmic battle going on, good and evil. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with the readiness of the gospel of what? The gospel of peace. A good news of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take 
the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And in this armor, pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. The last day soldiers are people that are praying, people that have the armor of God, people that don't trust by weapons, but by the Spirit. So how tough is Jesus? Why would we give our lives to follow this soldier Jesus? How tough is he? Why does he, do, why does he get my allegiance? Well, be, when he's going to be attacked uh, or he's going to be uh, basically kidnapped, taken, whatever, going to go to the cross. Matthew 26, verse 50, he says to Judas' friend, Jesus asked him, why have you come? Then they came up, took a hold of Jesus and arrested him. And at that moment, one of, one of those with Jesus reached out of his hand and drew with the sword and he struck the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. It was like, yo, you ain't getting to Jesus unless you get through me first. You mess with him, you mess with me. My boyfriend's back and you're gonna get, hey, la, de. I mean, he's going in. You just wait, right? You would think Jesus is like, yeah, let's do this. No, nah, no. Nah. Here's what he says. Jesus told him. Tells Peter. It was Peter. He was super intense. Put your sword back into place because all who can take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will provide me here? And now with more than 12 legions of angels, how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that, I, that it must say, to happen this way. Jesus tells Peter, I could call on right now from my father. He would send 12 legions of angels. A legion for the Roman rule, the Roman army would be 6,000 soldiers. Jesus is saying that moment, yeah, I could get 72,000 angels, but that's not how we're going to fight. It's not what we're doing. As we go back and we look at the grave of Jesus, we think of the lives that have given their lives for this message, this good news. The sacrifice that has been paid so that we could be free from what God did. We now move forward and we say, how do we honor the ancient but move forward towards the future? And I think we do that as a last day's soldier, still with the message of love, the message of peace, the message of hope, the message of loving our enemies. And that's not negligent. It's not that we're not aware of how hard the last days are. No. I am aware. I am prepared. But I won't live scared. Because if Jesus did it, then we will get to rule and reign with him forever. Now, there's been a precedent of some soldiers that have given their life from Jesus, from the disciples to Stephen as the first martyr. Even Paul reminded Timothy, he's going to go give his life. That's in the last stages of his life. But one of the soldiers that's 
carried this good news, this message so well this past week, um, is now resting in power with God. And it's Ravi Zacharias. In his ministry of apologetic, answering tough questions, um, has radically transformed so many lives. And I think it would be so fitting that we check a clip, a few clips of his, his, his preaching to remind us of the message we carry as last day soldiers for Jesus Christ. Check these clips out. What is evil? Evil is more than sin. You and I are sinners. We stumble, we make mistakes, we make wrong choices, we fall. As soon as we make it, we know, we know we've made that blunder. But evil is entrenched sin to a point where it is comfortable even destroying the other person. Only if there's a moral law giver is there a moral law. Only if there's a moral law is there good. Only if there's good, there is evil. If there is no moral law giver, there is no evil. And our moral reasoning ought to tell us this. Jesus Christ didn't come into this world to make bad people good. He came into this world to make dead people live. Your heart and my heart needs changing. When you are trying to reach somebody, please be sensitive to what it is he holds valuable. Because there's a very well-known proverb in India. It says, after you cut off a person's nose, there is no point giving him a rose to smell. And you can preach the most, you can preach the most eloquent message on the person of Jesus Christ, but if you have so cut off the person's nose, the sweet aroma of Christ will never come through to him. The church can preach all at once, but if it is a church that doesn't reach out and touch and feel and embrace and be charitable, it will miss the opportunity to be the hands of God and the hands of Christ in a very hurting world. All right. Where do we go? How do we close? What's going on? I think God wants to do his best work now. That we don't want to go into the battle tomorrow carrying the junk of today. Some of us, we have been enlisted as a soldier, but we can't even fight anymore because the chains and the pressures and the fog of war and the, the, the trauma has, has just got us down that we can't even move. And some would say, I, I don't even know if I'm a soldier for Jesus yet. And some would say, hey, I'm a soldier, but I forgot my why. I want to be reminded today at a higher level. We're going to sing. I believe supernaturally the Holy Spirit. As Rob and Tina lead us, what a beautiful name. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Friend, is there a chain of addiction, unforgiveness? Worry, hurry. This week I've hit some walls and felt that. Felt, felt, felt the pressure. Felt anxiety, felt depression. And I put on some worship and I wept like a baby. Wept like a baby. I think in this moment, as we sing together, the Holy Spirit is going to exchange the peace of heaven 
for all of our chains, the power of Jesus for all the fighting that we're doing ourselves. We're just going to let go. We're going to let go. And like Ravi said, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Today, if you just want that, want Jesus, don't run from hell. Run to Jesus. He's good. He calls you by name. And you can say, hey, Jesus, take my life. Make me brand new. We'd love to do that together. Let's sing. I pray that the Holy Spirit does something supernatural in each one of our lives right now. Whew. That's good. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you, God. Uh, you, tomorrow you get a Memorial Day. Hopefully you're going to eat good. Um, give us a closing scripture. As we're going to continue next week, the last day is a love letter to humanity. That in the last days, as Acts 2, chapter 17 says, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those last days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below and blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. Then the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We'll continue next week. Today, thank you. I'm praying that you are, I am, we are, the last day's soldier. See you next week. All ages, all races, and all faces, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until he makes all things new. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.